Hey friends, my name is Ashley Rodriguez, and this is the Boss Barista Roundup, a show where I tackle a topic and I ask you, the listeners, to share your stories, insights, and experiences with us. This week, we're talking about tipping. I love long-form interviewing, which is the majority of what my podcast is, but I wanted to find a way to ask big questions about the service industry. So this is sort of a riff on what Boss Barista is. On this format, I'll ask experts, writers, and you, yes, you, our listeners, to send me messages, voice memos about a topic, and together we'll take a hard look at a big question. And I wanted the very first episode to be about a topic I never stop thinking about, tipping. I am obsessed with tipping. It's something I've written about, commented on for other articles, even done a few episodes of the show about. And for this episode in particular, I wanted to focus on how employers talk about tips. And the reason I wanted to do so is because of a 2017 op-ed by Todd Carmichael, the owner of La Cologne Coffee Roasters. In his op-ed, titled, If You Can't Pay Employees a Living Wage, You Don't Deserve to Be in Business, says a lot in the title, he comes out in favor of the Fight for 15, which is a movement started by McDonald's employees demanding that low-wage service professionals be paid at least $15 an hour. In the article, he writes, I am living, breathing, profitable proof that raising the minimum wage is good for businesses and workers. I'll go even further and say that unless you pay your employees a non-predatory living wage that keeps people and their families above the poverty line, you don't deserve to be in business. However, two years later, when baristas in Philadelphia started sharing their wages in an anonymous spreadsheet, which has circulated across the nation, it turns out that La Colombe does not pay 15 an hour. La Colombe later backtracked and said that baristas did make at least 15 an hour, and the reason they were able to say so is because they made that amount when you add their tips. My biggest issue with tips is when managers and owners, when they're hiring, um, try to sort of include them in the wage as if it's going to be roughly the same every day and you can rely on that as extra income. Um, The last coffee shop I worked at, we were told that on average people would make between $15 and $30 in tips a day on top of our hourly pay. And that was certainly never the case while I worked there. Um, And whenever it was brought up, our manager would say, well, we were making 15, between 15 and $30 in tips. Um, You know, it's, it's, it fluctuates and it's not our fault that you're not making that now. Um, And, and (laughs) he is right. Like you can't, you can't predict how many tips you're going to get in a day. But if, if you're going to use it as a selling point to get somebody to work for you, then it should be consistent and you should have numbers to back that up. This clip outlines a big problem in service. There's an hourly wage and then there's tips. And oftentimes employers will sell a job based on what they think an average take home in tips are. If let's say a barista at La Colombe is making $10 an hour, 
they'd have to consistently make at least another $5 or 50% of their hourly wage an hour to get them to $15. As a side note, we went to the MIT living wage calculator, and it turns out for a single adult, a living wage is $12.64 an hour. And many of the baristas that reported their wages in the barista wage spreadsheet claimed that they were making about $10 or $11 an hour at La Cologne. The big takeaway from this, though, is that tips vary. It's impossible to predict why they vary. The problem with tips is that they oblige the service giver, waiter, waitress, barista, to mobilize or to use much more what we call emotional labor on top of their, you know, of making the drink or serving uh, the dish. And that has been shown to be quite discriminatory, the notion of emotional labor, because people, clients tend to have different expectations uh, of women. People expect women to to smile while they don't necessarily expect that from from men baristas or waiters Mm -hmm. uh, which kind of obliges women to in a sense you know i don't know if work harder but but definitely work more their emotional labor skills it's also discriminatory against people that maybe haven't had the opportunity to acquire those kind of social skills when i was Working at one of our campus locations, I made four pennies one day um, at the location that we were forced to work at by ourselves um, for multiple hours a day without breaks or anything. And it was like very wealthy college kids that are using like their parents' credit cards (laughs) and we would get slammed. And I remember I have a picture actually of making four pennies for an eight hour shift. And I was definitely not making a living wage then either. Um, So yeah, tips are very, very important. I would be out of the coffee industry a long time ago if I wasn't able to receive them. These stories share the ways customers can affect the amount you get tipped. But what about employers? According to the U.S. Department of Labor, only six states require tipped employees to be paid their state's minimum wage, which means that in the other 44 states, employers can actually pay less than the minimum wage, using tips as a way to prove that their employees make at least that minimum wage. They can pay as low as $2.13 an hour, as long as they can show that their employees are making at least their state's minimum wage with tips. And even when employers do pay the minimum wage, they can take a lot of leeway into how those tips are divided up. I started at $9 an hour. Um, Tips were pooled uh, weekly and they were put all together. It wasn't shift dependent. It was just based on hours. And we would share 50% of those tips of those total tips with the bakers there and the dishwasher. Um, super high volume. Between all of that, we were still getting probably $10 per hour. So oftentimes when I first started, my cash tips would be bigger than my paycheck, which was awesome. Um, there became a bigger discussion 
and it was a discussion initially about bakers starting to get 100% of tips in the pool. One day without any notice or discussion, that discussion ends. And suddenly we are pooling equally between front of house and back of house. Um, and nothing, nothing is said. I recently left a pretty toxic work environment where in the beginning breezes were making maybe a hundred or more dollars a week in tips uh, with electronic and cash combined. And then the owners decided to change the business model, which changed the tip system. They changed the tip system to where the barista and register only got 5% of their shift's tips and the rest went to the server who was on the shift. The register and barista split whatever if any cash was left in the jar and the server kept any cash left on the tables. The server also, the server's tip also included any electronic tip left at the register or to go order regardless of if they interacted with that order. We didn't get our electronic tips until the next day and on a normal week baristas were making maybe $20 in electronic tips and cash tips. Uh, our owner's excuse was that we were being paid more an hour, eight seventy-five or $9, so it all evened out. I guess I'm just trying to figure out if baristas aware, are aware of how they're being tipped and if they're getting the tips they deserve. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Boss Barista Roundup. There are a ton of laws and restrictions on the way employers can distribute tips. And a lot of it is based on the state that you live in. So if you can, spend some time looking that up. But what these laws don't take into account is the way employers can signal how baristas should be tipped. Reading Todd Carmichael's op-ed, you might be thinking that you don't have to tip your barista at all because they're making such a high hourly wage. In other cases, employers can actively make you feel guilty for even wanting to talk about tips. I worked at a coffee shop that was... It was a for-profit business, but it was treated like a non-profit inside a church. And we were sort of shamed about tips. They had the POS system in in a way where like it couldn't be turned off, but they didn't want us to offer people tips. We did get tips, um, but we were sort of guilted into thinking about them it was almost like uh, it was wrong to acknowledge that people would be giving us money for our service um i can't remember what we got in tips there but it was um very low i believe tipping is such a complicated topic this isn't going to be the last time we talk about it but i really wanted in this first roundup episode to shine a light on the way that tips are used to conceal and manipulate how service workers are paid. I haven't been able to stop thinking about that Todd Carmichael op-ed, and it's not because the fact that he used tips to claim that he's paying baristas 15 an hour is a ridiculous claim, but it's that people believe that. Not just customers, but service workers as well. How many of you have sat in an interview listening to your future boss try to justify a low hourly wage with lucrative tips And bought into it. And these are thoughts that don't just go away when maybe, let's say, you get a salary job and don't depend on tips to make your life work. Tipping 
and knowing that your friends and colleagues depend on tips to make their lives work is deeply uncomfortable. And I think it's maybe because we haven't really talked about it. Not enough. I'm salaried now and it's comforting, but it's hard to see a staff rely on on that money that's like made up. Like we have a decent starting wage, but I think everyone assumes that tips are going to account for some of your labor. Everyone being like every company ever. And I don't know if that's like, like it's, it's not great business, I think for wages to be super, super high. And I think it's like the easiest way they think they can cut wages or just not pay people what they honestly deserve to be making. If it were up to me, we would just abolish tipping and then we would have a higher wage. But also I'm not a business person and we work in a business in an industry that doesn't really make a lot of profit margin. (laughs) So I really don't know. Thank you for listening to the very first Boss Barista Roundup. We'll be using these episodes to cover big topics and we need your help. Soon, I want to talk about minimum wage. Have you ever been paid the minimum wage? What does it mean for the way that you can live your life? Record a voice memo and send it to me at bossbaristapodcast at gmail.com. And also send me your ideas for future episodes. You might hear yourself in a future episode of this show. It means the world to me to hear your voices. We'll see you again next week on the Boss Barista Roundup.